everybody. Welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Only two dads again this week, as the newest dad is dadding at the moment and is in between moving house, so currently doesn't have a computer. But I do want to say that I have a bone to pick with Benny as I welcome Adam to the show. How are you doing, mate? Hello, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, Benny's on his paternity leave at the moment. <laughs> Paid paternity leave from our our sponsors, Smith's Crisps. <laughs> I don't know why Smith's Crisps are the first thing that comes into my head. They're not actually sponsoring us, but that would be delightful. But no, yeah. no, see, Crisps would be good for me. I'd need like a Mars bar sponsorship or something like that. That's, that would suit me. You're not a crisp eater. I'm not a fan of crisps. I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but I'd eat plenty of other things first before I'd eat crisps. On my cheat day... I can't actually remember the last time I had crisps on my cheat day. That's how far down the pecking order they are of sort of treats <laughs> I would have. Now, you see, I, I've been with you on on your cheat days, and I must admit, I've never seen you eat any type of crisp-related things. Like, I suppose the, the closest thing are those uh, that variety pack of pork scratchings that you had that were all different flavours. They were awesome. Like tiny jars of different pork scratchings. But no, I've never seen you eat crisps. I don't know why that's so shocking to me. I don't <laughs> I'm hate a, crisps. An avid crisp eater. <laughs> yeah, crisps crisps are perfectly fine, but I would rather I'd rather have many other things over crisps. Like I say, I'm, I'm a complete yeah. chocoholic, so I have to get really sick of chocolate before I'll go. You know what? I fancy yeah. some crisps. My go-to would be salt and vinegar Pringles. They're the ones I would normally yeah. reach for. But I enjoy sweet chili crisps. You know, like Walker Sensations, mm. all those sea salt and oh, black pepper. They're all they're always crisps. good. Yeah, posh crisps. I like posh crisps, posh but crisps. I would never just grab yeah. a bag of Walkers or something for a snack because that's just nah. Yeah. I'd rather have, like, say, a Twix or a Kit Kat or something. Now, I I know you've got bones to pick with Benny, but on the crisp note, have you <laughs> okay, seen this this awful real? Um, might be me being super cynical, but this fake argument that Walker's crisps are trying to make for advertising purposes and it, it's working because it's got me talking about Walker's crisps and I, I haven't uh, seen this it's, what is it it's the whole thing where they're saying ah I like eating crisp sandwiches you're eating a crisp sandwich how dare you crisps oh. don't go in sandwiches we're in a posh hotel at a wedding reception don't eat crisp sandwiches well I'm going to anyway because they're lovely and it's this whole, like, cynical, like, you like Marmite, I don't type of debate that they're trying to put forward to the British public to try and advertise their crisps. And it's the worst contrived thing I have seen in such a long time. Because who cares if you eat a crisp sandwich or not? It's not a huge thing. It's not, like, compared to this fact I learnt this week, 50% of the population wipe their bum in a different way compared to the other 50% of the population. And no one knows this. Well, obviously people do. But 50% <laughs> of the population wipe while they're kind of stood up off the seat. The other 50% of the population wipe while they're sat down on the seat. And it's not based on gender lines. It's just complete contrivance of what whatever you do to wipe your bum. And As it we... boggles my mind that there are people doing it the wrong way <laughs> compared to how I do it. And it makes me think, how is your bum clean? Because I do it the right way and you're doing it the wrong way. 
as we veer off into 48 different directions, barely five minutes into the show. Right. Let me get these two things out quickly. My bone to pick with Benny is he's a new father and already teaching his daughter a very bad thing, which is lying. As he said, he'd be here this week and he isn't. I'm very close to disciplining him for lying to his brand new daughter, but I think I'll let him off (laughs) just this time because, you know, I'm a... I'm a gracious podcast host, shall we say. I don't intend to apply for the death penalty just yet. So he's let off this no. week. Secondly, I have no issue with crisp butties. I know lots of people who eat them. So to me, it's not that weird. I don't particularly care for them. Again, though, no. I wouldn't. I don't hate them. They're fine. And I know plenty of people who have them. So that's fair enough. And I get what yeah, you're saying. They're... It is that faux, that faux argument that companies are now using to promote their products, even if people use it in a bad way. Yeah, that's getting Walker's crisps out there. Because Walker's needs more sponsorship, don't they, for fuck's sake? I mean, why... Is a Walker sales down or something? I don't know. I mean, we're, we're coming out of lockdown, like our second major lockdown. We're going to go back into a third at some point. I think that's inevitable. Yeah. And I think crisps sales must have gone up through the roof. I mean, admittedly, people aren't taking them on picnics or buying them in the pub, but surely you're doing nothing other than being sat on your butt- bottom eating crisps during most of the lockdown. <laughs> Unless yeah, you're go a anywhere. service worker and you're counted as essential personnel. I know the campaign is working on me because I've increased my uh, crisp butty intake because I'm constantly <laughs> being reminded on social media about the fact that crisp butties exist as a snack. And they're delightful, even with like the cheap own brand store that discount supermarkets have. Hang on, I mean, is there a particular like, oh, is there on. a particular flavour that works best for crisp butties, or if you've never sampled other flavours, or would you just kind of stick to one? Uh, the the peak crisp butty to me, just Go basic on. basic cheese and onion. Okay, okay. You don't have to have like a, a particular like thick crisp or a vegetable crisp or like a ridged crisp. Just bog standard, whole pack. Empty it out onto one slice of bread, put another slice of bread on top, loads of butter, and it's the perfect mix of like smooth, crunch, and soft. It's lovely. I can go with that. I can go with that. I yeah. wonder if smoky bacon will be essentially this. I want people to have smoky bacon crisps <sighs> on a sandwich because it's the same I'm as a bacon allowed- sandwich. I'm not allowed to eat smoky bacon crisps in my house because uh, my youngest daughter is obsessed with them at the moment. And uh, if, if she notices someone else has eaten a pack of smoky bacon crisps, she gets upset because they're hers. <laughs> Love the day she walks in and she just goes, I can yeah. smell them. Where she are they? Oh, no. Goes through the bin and stuff. She did. My, I knew my it. eldest daughter had to secretly eat a packet this weekend. <laughs> and like she, she took them up to her bedroom so she could eat them. <laughs> That's fantastic. She knew she'd get in trouble off her five-year-old sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the real heart of this matter then, as we veer past Benny and yes. do a quick drive-by on Chris Butties. Adam, well, we'll I'll ask you the question. He's we'll had, come back he's to Benny. We have, yeah, we, we've got some news apparently or something. I don't know whatever's going on. We'll we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, let's get to the real heart of the issue here, and uh, you can tell me what you do. And then I'll tell you what I what I do. As our right. friendship has demonstrated many times before we had ears yeah. listening into it, we'll just share whatever the hell we feel like. We don't really care. Yeah, we'll exactly. tell each other anything. It's fine. So, Adam? Our, our friendship hasn't got to the point where we wipe each other, thankfully. No. So, this this is all new to us. But That's no, true. I, I, right. I will 
I'll take my phone in. I'll sit down for a good few minutes reading my phone. You know, I've I've been around your house. I've lived in your house. You know, I take my time. And oh yeah. Relax. Put my feet up on your yeah. sink. Have some time to yourself. <laughs> exactly. As a dad, that's what you need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Damn right. Uh, but no, you just sit down. You lean forward. You reach behind. You give it a wipe. If you're feeling fancy, you can wipe back to front just to double check. But sit down and be comfy. If you need to, just shuffle yourself forward a little bit. I would only potentially lift myself up off the seat if I was in a really horrible public toilet, like a dingy metal club uh, (laughs) that there is no toilet seat on, probably, and half the floor is piss. (laughs) That's the only time I'd probably (laughs) lift my bum off the seat because I wouldn't want to catch something. Uh, like bum cancer of <laughs> a really dirty seat. <laughs> but no, no, sit down. Why are you standing up? Or, or even squatting? Why are you engaging your quads and your glutes? It's supposed to be a relaxing time. You're not supposed to be tensing up your muscles. I can't believe how much of a disgusting animal you are. <laughs> you sit down and wipe. What's wrong with yes. you? Yes. How do you make? I knew it. How do you know? I it's... knew you were a squatter. Damn right, I'm a squatter. I stand there and take the punishment after. Re- I can't have anything nice, Adam. You know me. I can't relax and enjoy myself. I have to punish myself after every opportunity. I will sit down. I will enjoy my poo, and then I will think, "Well, that was too nice. I better flail myself in this particular way." So I will stand and squat, engage my quads, the largest muscle in the body, by the way. And I will wipe. I don't understand how people who sit down can clean themselves properly. There must be so because much like left behind. You no, can't get to it properly. You can't yes, get you to can. it. <laughs> no, yes, you can. No, you put no, your no, arm no. behind your back and you can reach in. I don't know There's how you no get way. it clean because you're stood up and your bum cheeks are naturally closed together more. No, no, because you're like you leave... standing up. You don't with like stand one straight foot... up like one of the guards outside Buckingham Both Palace. Feet, like either side of the bathroom floor. You lean forwards. You lean forwards, therefore creating right, a you somewhat, lean shall we and, say, and rise like an oyster. Off the seat. My right, buttocks exactly cheeks part like an oyster. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it can't it be. Is. It can't it's be. exactly the same. Because There's you no lean way. forward, it's just your bum isn't leaving the seat. And there is a gap between the toilet seat ring and your bum. And that's where your hand and toilet paper goes. How do you get that much room and between you your hand it and your ass and the toilet? How? Yeah. There's no room back of there. Of you do. Yes, How there do you... is. It must be so uncomfortable. It must be so uncomfortable. How far back are you sat on the toilet? Are you like resting with your head on the system? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I, okay clearly this is a, there's a great divide here it's a shame Benny's not here because I'll fucking well, guarantee you I guarantee you he's a sitter I guarantee he's it he's a sitter he's absolutely a sitter, a sitter. He, no he's, question he's uh, more on the dad bod side than, than you are so he's on my side kind of physique wise <laughs> fair point wise. fair point so I, I think may, maybe that's it maybe it's a fitness thing because like you're there you're, you're very healthy you do a lot of exercise you can hold yourself up in a squatting position <laughs> which as I was talking about before we start recording the podcast I struggle with as, as was demonstrated by my first PT gym session today and I, I struggle with that because I'm not the healthiest guy so sitting down is a natural part of the process. Why why go to that agony? <laughs> so I think, yeah, Benny Benny is is gonna be a sitter. 
And I think as soon as he hears this episode, we need to hear from him. And that's when we'll know he's listened to this episode, is when he comes on my side of the argument. The true, the one true bum-wiping way. (laughs) It's like Bumlander. There can be only one. (laughs) (laughs) But this is it. Like, you have thought all the way up until this point of your life that everyone does it that way. That there is no difference. Why would there be any difference? That was how bad my world was shaken earlier this week when I found out. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to my world. This, this is, you, you're now, you're in that film, They Live. You're Rowdy Roddy Piper donning the sunglasses <laughs> yeah. and seeing the, the sunglasses. hidden messages and aliens <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah. around us. All, all you can see is people like sat wiping the bums. You're like, no, no, that, that, this isn't how it should be done. You're like smacking people around the head with a plank for 10 minutes. Also, going, no, wipe the also, proper way. Also as well, also as well, I have to bring to attention that you mentioned you will sometimes wipe back to front. Now, I just... Now that, <laughs> that is... Might be the, that might be the worst thing you've ever said. No, that is just for a polish check. That is right. It's looking clean that way. Give it a wipe the other way. You might see something you've missed. That, that's all. It's not like a get right in and dig your fingers in type of wipe. It's just, it's like when, when you know, you're a kid and you get out of the bath and you get a towel in between your legs and you floss. It's like that, but with just a little bit of tissue paper. If anybody listening to this wipes <laughs> back to front from the get-go, because <laughs> I'll give you like, it's oh. a polish off sometimes. A polish off, yeah, yeah. all right. Because sometimes yeah, you yourself. could... Yeah, so, sometimes you just keep wiping and thinking, when does this end? At some point, I have to go back to doing what I was going to do. I've, I've been wiping for longer than this shit took. There's a problem because I clearly can't. I, what's happening here? I keep getting all of it. So you'll then sometimes go back to front just to kind of, yeah, catch the last bit at the end. Fine. Yeah. If you're exactly. a back to front wiper exactly. from the get go, I want you to walk that's off wrong. a bridge. Okay, that is, because that that's is just, just that is the wrong way. That's that's pre-crime, right. okay? That's pre-crime. That's subnormal <laughs> behaviour. Future crime. You yeah, that's get future Tom crime behaviour. Tom Cruise like bursting through your bathroom door and like wiping your bum the correct way, like <laughs> in, sanitarily, you know, with like a sponge on a stick or something. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Some people might fancy that. Maybe that's why they're doing it. Anyway, as we talk about our good friend who can't be here, great news. Great news is on. The docket as the baby was born, little baby girl. We won't give out any government names just in case he doesn't want that to happen. That's fine. But it's fabulous and she's beautiful. And it's it's very strange that even in our group, like we've mentioned before, that like we kind of have a little friend group. We all have kids, yet this feels like the first baby of our group, even though we've all had kids since the group started. Yeah. That, this, do you feel is... the same? Like this feels like the yeah. first baby that's like all of our baby kind of thing, kind of thing. This is it. it. It's the village baby kind of thing. <laughs> it's the, the whole family have gotten round together and they've gone. Oh my god, this is adorable because we've been invested in it since quite an early age. That's you know, true. And we've we are friends with both people within the the parents uh, group. So it's not that oh we're only hearing the dad side of the story. We are in the same chat group. We have the same discussions that, you know, so we get to hear from both people at the same time. And I think that has added to it as well. 
is that we're not just focusing on mum or focusing on dad. We're getting both parents replying at the same time. That's a good stuff. point. Yeah, and it it's been a really nice experience from my point of view because I love talking about parenting, hence doing the podcast. And I, I like being a parent and I like going through that process as a dad and having babies. I would have probably have another baby if my life was aligned the correct way because I love having them. They're great. Uh, and so living vicariously through two people I care about very much doing it and knowing how good it is for them, the experiences are going through, it's just felt really special to me. And I'm sure that's that's probably part of how everyone else feels as well, is we all love these people very much and we know how happy this is going to make them and how wonderful their life's going to be. So it's perfect. It's happening. Something really good is happening to two people who really deserve it and are great. Yeah, that is it. That's it for sure. You, you know that, as I've spoken about before, you can you can remember that joy you felt and that moment when your life just changed changes forever and that you can yeah. now project that onto them. And they went for their first walk today out of the house in the pram and stuff. Oh. And you can just, I remember the first time I did that with Georgia. And then I remember all the times I would take her out and about. And sometimes you do it at two o'clock in the morning or, you know, you just walk in the yeah. streets and it's pitch black and, but you don't care. It's just you and your baby and that's all you need kind of thing. And you kind of, yeah. you can kind of reminisce as well. And it's nice to reminisce as well. and Remember back to that time when your kid was that size. And, and it's nice to be able to give sort of helpful information because we're not the kind of people, I don't think any of us are the kind of people who really have that kind of background or maybe profession. I imagine like if someone's a mechanic, they must get their friends asking them things about cars every single day <laughs> and they must be just sick <laughs> yeah, of it. Exactly. But, then, but then part of them, then I, think, I think part of them must feel, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I've helped you out there. I've passed on some information. I've had a look for you. I can tell what the problem is and now I've passed it on and that makes me feel a bit better that I can help you. And as first-time parents, yeah. for them, they're asking us questions and we can we can do the same for them. And it makes us all feel a bit like, oh, yeah, we helped you with that. That's a, that and that's a nice feeling. Exactly. And, and what I like as well is, obviously, we're all friends uh, and we all, as a result, have very similar values and morals. Yet we all give, like, subtly different and sometimes quite different views and suggestions on the parenting stuff so they know they're getting you know stuff that aligns to their values but stuff they can pick and choose from as well so like ah, oh, this is the best way to help nurse your child or this is what we did with this child and this is what i did with this child and it gives them a broader spectrum so it's it's nice going to, say, for example, like a, a prenatal class where you're there with other new parents and you're all learning what like the NHS guidelines are kind of thing. But then having that with experienced parents who know what you're about to go through and know how tough it can be at times, I think that's valuable as well. And I hope they've seen value in that and not felt that we're bossing them around and saying, this is what you bloody need to do. Yeah, no, they won't do that at all. They won't do that. And I want to quickly no. shout out as well, as we've mentioned our mate Rick a few times, he's on our friend group. Shout out to his good lady, who is actually a midwife and gave some yes. very, very, very 
valuable information to Benny and Blossom over the past few weeks. So uh, thank you to you. I won't say a name because, again, I don't know if you know what's a name out there or not or if they want the name out there. So that's fine. But yeah. it's always nice to have a real medical professional on hand who can help out with these things. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you do need that mechanic because as, as much as all your friends might own a car, you know, <laughs> if you can get a professional always, yeah, to help you figure sure. it out, that's always good. Yeah, and this week highlighted the fact that we said that there might be something we forget to tell Benny about, and it was definitely the first one this that we knew about was definitely scratch mitts, little gloves for the baby. Oh yes, yeah, poor because little girl the little did baby, have some yeah, scratches. On well, her Georgia face. did that. Georgia yeah. was a scratcher, so she had to have scratch mitts for God for ages and ages and ages. It is just one of those things where you know your yeah. baby's gone from a situation where that isn't an issue. Because they're in that amniotic fluid, and if they do scratch, it's you know it's sloughing off whatever protective layer is that it's called off their face, and they're they're all fine. But yeah, when they come out and their little poor little face gets all scratched up, it did make me go, "Oh, the poor little thing! Look at her!" I know it looks so bad as well, doesn't it? It looks so bad as well. It's so it much looks... worse than it actually is. Oh, know? yeah, it's... but it looks terrible. I remember, Yeah. so we didn't realise that Georgia was sort of, I think the second or third night she was at home, and I sort of dozed off in the in the night and woke up and was about to change a nap, and I was like, oh, my God, she's been attacked by a griffin or something. What the hell's, <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> What's happened to her face? <laughs> yeah. And then, because their nails are so bloody pointy and sharp at some point, oh, Jesus Christ, And yeah. because they don't know, it's, you know... So yeah, scratch mitts, parents, future parents, if you are listening to this, just invest them some scratch mitts just in case. And you can actually get baby grows where they're, like, they've got the um, the mitts attached, basically. They just fold over. So yes. it's basically just a protective, like a glove that goes over your baby's hand, basically, to stop them scratching themselves. Because they don't know, obviously, to not do that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. There'll be other and things, obviously, as we go along. Because they will invariably just disappear. The baby will oh, like, yeah. throw God, yeah. in the middle of the night. So, yeah. yeah, it's like men with socks. Just one will just vanish from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? I mean, to be fair, if you wanted to, you could just put socks on the baby's hands. It doesn't matter. It's, just, well, it's something yeah. to stop them scratching themselves with their nails. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's great. We're all very happy. And they just keep sending us pictures all the time, which is lovely. It's so lovely. I know. I know. They were saying, ah, oh, more spam on the way. And it is, it's right what I said. It's not spam if we actually signed up for it and want it. Yeah. It's just helpful marketing. Just send, it. send me <laughs> yeah. more photos. You're not sending enough photos of this precious, precious thing. Yeah, I tick the box to learn about future updates and offers. I tick that box. I want these. I want these updates and offers. It's like send them to me. This is great. Anyway, yeah. how was your week, mate? What have you been up to? Yeah, my my week's uh, been good. It's mainly just been focused on working. Still working from home. I'm working from home until October now. My and God! In I know. In in the midst of all that, I've got to be moving house because we're going ahead with selling the house. Uh, it's going on the market soon, uh, and as a result, when I had the kids this weekend, we basically just gutted their whole bedrooms, all three of their bedrooms, all together as like a big family job, like proper spring cleaning, and basically had like probably a skip's worth of old toys, books craft activities that they've half completed or not even started just to throw away or donate 
And we did the very kind thing of instead of putting everything on the Facebook marketplace or eBay and just saying, oh, yeah, give us a fiver for this, we just put it outside the house with a crude handmade sign saying, please take this, it's free. And literally three or four cars parked up in a row and all these like young kids barreled out of the cars and were just like taking old <laughs> Playmobil stuff, like old Batman uh, toys, books. My my eldest, Sophie, she was gifted a set of the Fantastic Five books, oh, all yeah. of them. And she's read a few of them, and they weren't her thing, unfortunately. So she thought, you know what, I'll, g- I'll give them away. I'll donate them to someone who wants them. They all went, which surprised me. Wow. And and lots of other stuff that went as well. And the rooms look bare. They look empty. It's so weird that now their, their toys allowance... <laughs> in their rooms is so minimal. But then I realised, well, my daughter's 12, my son's 10. Most weekends, if they could get away with it, they'd just be sat on their phones or on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen either of them play with the toy unless they've been playing with my five-year-old. So she's now got some of their toys and got rid of a load of old, her old toys. So she's upgraded to older toys now, which is good. And the rest of them have, like, a few games, and that's it, really, because they're quite happy just having their uh, their stuff. Apart from my son, who's got a Nerf wall. He's got a, a unit that I put together, like a wall rack, a gun rack. <laughs> like a gun rack. In the Matrix. And Shout out to Wade's World. Yeah, it's literally just metal bolted onto the wall with those LED fairy lights around it that you can remote control. And then, like, loads of little uh, hooks and stuff that have uh, Nerf guns on. And Nerf bullets and targets and things like that. And unfortunately, he broke his leg a while back. He's just recovering from the final operation from that to remove the rods. So he's hankering to go out. But he's still got to wait a few more weeks before he can use them. And sometimes I'll just find him. And it does make me worry sometimes. (laughs) But... This weekend, I went into his room, and he was just sat on his bed, just cocking a Nerf sniper rifle over and over <laughs> again, like it was Lee Harvey Oswald or something. Just a little pile it. from a Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christ. Just like, just like clicking the gun on an empty chamber, just going, nice. The action's smooth. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. It's He's like cleaning prepped. it out. It's taking it to pieces. Cleaning it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that that was my weekend. It was it was kind of cathartic because after the the separation, which was January last year, this is the first time we've had like a proper clean out of parts of the house. So some of the stuff we we found in like buried in wardrobes is all stuff that my ex had left, and so we went through some of it, and it it was quite nice with Daisy because we sat and we went, oh look, here's this memory box that uh, my ex had and it contained something I, I made when we were first dating and it's like a little box and it had scrolls of paper in where I'd written down these are 50 things I like about you so if if you ever want to you can have a read of it and you can like go oh he likes that about me and Daisy was just obsessed with it oh you like this about mummy and oh you like this about mummy so something like that I thought was quite nice because I don't want her just to remember that we've separated that there was a good chunk of her life before then 
where everything was nice and it was lovely and yeah, we were we were happy parents to her. So she felt quite cathartic with that, I think, and quite enjoyed it. We still got to go get rid of a lot of like the wedding stuff, all the cards and other memorabilia that we've uh, still got in storage. But that that'll happen, probably not with the kids. But then again, my elder kids were there as part of the wedding. You know, they they've had those as good that as good memories. My eldest was saying to me, I know we're getting rid of stuff, but do you mind if I keep these things? Uh, we had some teddy bears, like, custom-made for them for the wedding. Uh, don't know if you remember. Yeah, uh, I think I do, yeah. Ceremony. Sophie had one that was, like, in a wedding dress. Daniel had one that was in a wedding suit to, like, represent me and my ex. And she was really worried we were going to get rid of it and she said to me but it's it's part of the memories and it's part of what i liked about the wedding and i was like no you keep that because they're your memories they're not my memories that's something for you to keep and you to treasure whereas my lad was just like yeah whatever just get rid of whatever you want (laughs) can i shoot it when we're nerf gun (laughs) yeah exactly that's amazing so yeah yeah we we had a nice bit of cathartic clear out but it, it was nice for Daisy as well to see some memories. So I am tempted to keep some stuff for her from the wedding because ultimately it's it's part of why she exists now. Of course. It's something that came before, or just before she was born because she was conceived on the honeymoon. So it's okay, she should be having some memories from it maybe. So we'll see. It might get a bit awkward if I ever meet someone else and move in with them. And I've got the wedding box with some memories in it when we move in together. But there we go. It's it's one of those things. It is How strange the things oh, that... Sorry, go on. There are lots of things you think, right, I'm never ever throwing this away. This is super important to me. I'll keep mm. it forever. And I remember when we cleaned out our garage during lock, we finally got our garage cleaned out, got a new garage door because ours are broken and all this kind of stuff. And there was loads and loads and loads of wedding stuff that was just left in there. I'm going to, because yeah. the garage door had broken, we hadn't gone in there for about 18 months. And I was expecting to open it and it'd be like the Ark of the Covenant or something. I thought my face was going to melt <laughs> off. But it was actually okay. It was just, there was nothing in there. It was just like lots of boxes of stuff. There was two or three of the boxes had our, mine and Sarah's wedding things in that were from, yeah. God, 15, 15? No, 13 years this year? 13 years this year. Yeah. So, or 12. Oh, Christ. 12, it's 12. Okay, it's 12. Yes, okay, it will I be 12 myself. years. Yeah. It's 12, yes. And I said to Sarah, because I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to throw it away because I don't want to you know, risk the wrath of uh, <laughs> my good lady. <laughs> so I said, do you want to keep this or not? And she just said, no, why? Just fucking chuck it. Yeah, there are other things that are just... And you think about all the money you spend on a wedding. We spent so much money on our wedding. And fair enough, it was mm-hmm. a great day and everyone had a great time. There are little things that we've kept somebody would just think, why have you kept that? And none of, we didn't keep any of our wedding yeah. stuff in the end. I think we've got our we've got our guest book, actually, and some photographs. And that's it. There's nothing else. And we we kept one of everything. We kept one of the favour boxes. We kept a name card. We'd kept our um, uh, seating plan, the, the official one where you know, everyone was sat and everything. Yeah. And those things just get chucked. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at, I'm just, I'm just trying to look around the room now to think about something that we've got. Okay, so we kept we kept the the bride and the groom off the top of the wedding cake. Yeah. Which why? It does it's I mean <laughs> they look vaguely like us, vaguely. 
yet all the photographs of actually us, so we're just like, I'll just chuck them, who cares? <laughs> and it's so strange, the things that survive, and even little personal things like that. I remember I went through all my mum's things during lockdown, because I'd had all my mum's mm-hmm. stuff after she died, and I'd just been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, because I knew it'd be tough. I knew, like, because yeah. the thing with my mum is, I can't, I can't think about it too hard. If I think about it too hard, I it really, really gets to me big time. And I have to yeah. just go and sit in a dark room for like two hours and you know, sort of cry my eyes out kind of thing. <laughs> so I always have to kind of keep my mum's death and her even her life at arm's length. I have to keep it just kind of to the side. And I just kept putting, yeah. I was thinking, oh God, I know the second I start going through this, that'll be it. And I did. Sarah came, I was in the kitchen, just stood there. And Sarah came in and she was like, what are you doing? And that was it. I just burst into tears because I'd just i been sorting out all these photographs and everything. And I was like, I knew I was going to do this. I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it. And she was like, oh God, oh God, okay, okay, okay. Because I very, very, very rarely cry. But when I do it, it's like, it's like a Hollywood production. There's a snot yeah. and everything. It's all horrible. It's just <laughs> gross. Anyway, but the, even the things I've kept from sort of my relationship with my mum, the things I've kept, there's some really weird little things. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that would have maybe seemed something to somebody else, I just threw away. And it's always odd, the things that make yeah. a connection with you. I just, I've always found it peculiar. Like, why does that mean something to you? It's just nothing. Yet, there's yeah. something about it that just kind of grabs you. Yeah, the the weirdest thing I've got is probably <laughs> something that I've got in my wallet. It's one of the most kind of, I say, recent things. But it's actually a small piece of plastic off like a pampers nappy bag and the reason i've got it is because that was the first thing daisy ever gave to me as a present she pulled it oh off like this pack god that's nappy so cute bag. i know <laughs> she pulled it off i went here you go daddy and i was like thank you <laughs> i'll keep it like <laughs> the drawing she does for me the stuff she does at school where she like sellotapes two like boxes of fish fingers together with a pipe cleaner <laughs> glued to the top i've got them i've got them as well because like oh, they're special fabulous. to her but this thing is special to me and so i've got it in my wallet and it's one of those things where i was like i hope i never have to properly explain this to someone because it is a bit peculiar to have that no i love it i love it i've yeah, got it's just i've got um so much to me <laughs> Every I've got every single picture George has ever drawn me from yeah. birth to now. I have it. I've got it in a drawer, and there's loads and loads and loads and loads. But I've got them. I've also got literally on top of my on top of my PS4. I've got a bookmark she made me. She drew me a drawing of the three yes. bears from We Bear Bears, which is my favorite cartoon. That's uh, my favorite current cartoon. She also did, and this is one of the first things of being a parent. I knew that oh, the game's changed. I'm I'm not the person I used to be. She, it's just a handprint on a piece of paper, and she did it at nursery when she was I think two, and it was just she just put a hand in paint, put it on the piece of paper, and then the nursery team cut it out and laminated it. That's it. That's yeah. all it is. They must have done 150 that day, but she gave it to me, and I just burst into tears. She's like, I made you yeah. this, Daddy. I was like, Oh, thank you, Princess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking nuts. <laughs> like at that point, at that point, I knew like oh, okay, the the game done changed. I am the, not the person I used to be anymore. She's no, definitely no. sort of got to me. <laughs> no, you can't be that cynical anymore. Not when you it's your know. own child doing it to it's you. True. Like no. I, I used to be. Like even my my Twitter handle 
is cynic for hire because I used to be just so cynical and miserable and such a curmudgeon about everything like moaning when there were adverts about starving children in Africa and they're portraying like this this horrible humanitarian crisis by showing the reality of it and showing look these children are real and they are starving me going oh they're only doing it because they play, don't want to play on your heartstrings now that makes me cry because all of that that stupid immature kind of incel like behavior <laughs> is just gone just gone it's a sign of maturity but certainly a sign of being a parent benny was saying when when his daughter was in a, his arms he just burst into tears yep. and we knew it was going to happen me and you oh, yeah, of course, knew yeah. that deep down but yeah to have that happen to someone, you know, who is quite blokish and you wouldn't necessarily think he's going to show emotion so openly. Yeah, I think even he sounded, like, surprised by it when he told us. And we're like, yeah, of course, mate. That's it now. It's all different. You, yeah, you'll be hoarding you'll... those little bits of plastic and, like, <laughs> the cardboard boxes and yeah. the, the one pencil crayon line on a piece of paper you'll be sticking up on your fridge you be getting it framed. It's true. You'll cry so much more when you're a parent as a guy. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah, it's. The, I mean, it's obvious. You know, they're just they're part of you, and they just. I don't know. Everything about them just screams love me. It's great. It's the innocence, yeah. isn't it? It's just the innocence oh. of it all. Yeah, you know? I mean, I've I've got distinct memories of, and I'll probably ask you what was your first thing that your child did that properly made you cry. Like and realise they're full of emotion and stuff, and you know, they've got their own personality. But for me, it's for my eldest child. Do you remember the show Charlie and Lola? I don't know if George was. I do indeed. Yes, I've never seen it. Sophie was absolutely mad for it, and it was the cutest show of its time. And there was an episode where I can't remember the details of it, but they ended up with like looking after this mouse or gerbil or hamster or something and the whole series was all about like oh my god it's so good having a pet these are the responsibilities of having a pet and then it died and it took a total left turn into this is how you deal with fatality children and I've got distinct memories of me and Sophie she must have only been about like three or four at the time sitting on the settee watching it and she just like looked turned to look at me I just burst into tears, and then I oh, burst no. into tears. It was like <laughs> the worst thing. I'm tearing up slightly now, just picturing it in my mind as a memory. It's, oh yeah, you will do. Yeah. Oh, uh, the uniqueness of that moment and that insight into this is a human being. This is a person. It's not just a child. It's a person with feelings and emotions and memories and all of that. It's was astounding you know, for me at the time. Do you know what it's it is as well? Reckoning. It's also a relief because <laughs> you're watching that episode and the story could go this way. She turned to me and went, eh, he's dead. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh no, oh no. She's a terrible human being. Shit, what have I done? I failed her. <laughs> but not necessarily. It, it depends on the child. Something like that I would picture Daisy doing because she, okay. she is a bit of a wise, wise ass like that. She, oh, okay. she she just <laughs> comes out with the the funniest things. And I actually made a note of something she came out with today. Let me just bring up my notes app. I've decided from now on I'm actually going to make notes of the stupid stuff my kids say. Oh, I love we it. were watching a Japanese film 
an anime called Norska in the Valley of the Wind over the weekend because we've gotten into like the whole Miyazaki stuff, like Spirited Away and oh yeah, yeah, Howl's Moving Castle, and she quite like quite likes him. And we were watching the film, and she was refusing to tidy up the toys. Because we'd, we'd had a break, we'd come back to the film, and she'd had a play, and there were toys everywhere. And I said, right, you need to go and get the box for your toys, or what I will do is I'll turn the film we're watching onto a different language. You won't be able to understand it, but I will, because I can read the subtitles. And she said, well, do it. I'm still going to hear the kabooms. <laughs> She didn't care. She didn't care about the story. She cared about the explosions. Oh, I love it. But it I was still the, the kabooms. Kabooms. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like an old, grizzled, like, Californian gold rush prospector. <laughs> what? Where did you get that word from? I can still hear the kabooms. Oh, God, that's so good. That's so good. I'm going to quickly... I will quickly mention this, as I do like to also do the same thing. And I will mention, I said about Georgia asking me questions just before she's about yeah. to go to bed to incite me into going into some 15-minute monologue so she can stay up for longer. Oh, Her question yeah. from this week, so then, what's uh, what's the SAS then? It's like, what? <laughs> how in the, how, how have you heard about the SAS? And she said, oh, we had, a, we had a talk at school about the army and stuff like that. And one of the teachers mentioned that you know, there's like the army and the navy, but then you can also have sort of specialist people who can do even yeah. bigger jobs, like the SAS and the SBS. And I was like, right, okay then. So then, of course, I got suckered into it. Well, they're this, yeah. they're this elite special forces team, right? And nobody knows who they are. And yeah, so she got me with that one again. Yeah, who are the SAS? I will say that, though, that is amazing. Was it just completely apropos of nothing? Like you just apropos of nothing. She went, Daddy, what are the SAS? It's always, it's always. Oh, night, night, princess. Give her a kiss. Oh, can I just ask you one quick question? And then that's it. I'm like, all right, what's the question? What are the SAS? Okay. And I know. She must know now. <laughs> she must know. She must be just keeping these stored away. Anyway. Yeah. As you I was need mention, like a little projector screen in her room. So you can just <laughs> let out a big sigh, pull it no down, HP. turn on yeah. the overhead projector. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pay attention. Here we go. I mentioned the... Because you said about the first thing when you thought, oh, my kid actually has reduced me to tears. The first thing was definitely the handprint that I already mentioned. But yeah, the one that floored me out of just nowhere was her best friend at school. They are absolutely thick as thieves. And again, I'm not going to mention yeah. her best friend's name, but Georgia and this girl, they are super, super best friends. Super close, always FaceTiming, always talking. Whenever they see each other, it's always giggling. They're always excited to see each other always hugging each other. It's really, really cute. And I said to her, so why why are you two best friends? How are you even... Because Georgia has other friends at school, but I said, what happened that made you two realize, oh, we're going to be best friends kind of thing? Mm. And she said, oh, well, because her friend moved from Manchester when she was, I think, four. So Georgia had already been at the school for, I think, about a year. And then yeah. this girl joined about a year into it. And she said... Oh, well, uh, th this girl started and we were doing an activity in the classroom and she was sat on her own. So I wanted to make, I wanted to make her feel welcome, mate. Aww. That was it. That was it. I, I was like, Aww. oh, that's lovely print. So I had to, right, I had to act my arse off for a minute. <laughs> Luckily, the room was dark. I already had tears in my yeah. eyes. 
So I was like, oh, Prince. I said, that's really, that's a really sweet thing to do. That's lovely. I said, okay, good night then. 30 seconds later, I'm on the floor in our bedroom going, oh my God, oh my God, she's so pure. Oh, she's beautiful. She's so beautiful. She's such a good person. Oh my God. That was it. Floods of tears. Because she just saw somebody and thought, oh, she might need cheering up. I'll go and talk to her. And from that, a friendship was born. I just thought it's beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh, I mean, I get God. it. That's how all friendships beautiful. are formed. That's how we formed that. That's why me and you are friends. We just started well, talking. Exactly. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And But to hear it from a little, from you, again, from your own kid, it resonates more with you. And you go, it goes even deeper into your core and Christ, fucking nuts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And something like that, I think that would affect me as well. Because some- it's that realization they they have their own life. They have that whole thing that goes on without you. And I, I experience that quite a lot, obviously, with having just shared custody of my children. I'm an elder to, you know, I only see every two weeks. So the vast majority of their life is not with me. So I, I don't know what goes on in, like, their, their school life or anything like that. So, yeah, realising that, though, that realisation, especially with your first child, is such an eye-opener. It's a whole new chapter in all of your lives as well. Yeah, and it's that because you, for the longest, longest time, and obviously, you know, parents listening to this will understand this, but for the longest time, your kids just take direction from you. They don't yeah. really think for themselves that much. Everything they do is directed by older people. So they get up in the morning, you give them their breakfast, you tell them what to wear, you tell them, oh, you need to go and brush your hair, put your shoes on. And then they go to school and the teacher tells them what to do. We're learning this today, you've got to do this. And then they come home and then it's like, well, now you've got to read or you've got to do practice your spellings or your times tables or here's what's for tea. You don't really have a set, I'm making tea, here's what it is. You yeah. have to have this kind of thing. So the fact that it was one of the first times that I she'd shown independent thought and that independent thought was, that girl seems a bit sad. I'll go and cheer her up. I think that's what got. I think that's what got me with it. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I do have to quickly mention something that we did this weekend before we uh, before we kind of start okay. winding down. This weekend, for the first time, Georgia watched Psycho. Uh, what? <laughs> your your instant reaction, please. What? She watched Psycho. Okay, okay. Instant reaction. The name of it is the worst thing about it. To yeah, be honest, very true. It is yeah, such it is true. a dated film, and yeah. she, she'll probably see much worse stuff on like an episode of The Simpsons. To be honest, or the news, if the news or is the on, news, maybe. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the way in which Psycho is filmed, and this is like film student me taking over. <laughs> the the way in which it's filmed leaves more to your imagination. So as a yes. child, her imagination is probably going to be full of the more cartoonish stuff that she sees in more violent cartoons. So it's not going to be as bad as, say, you or I watching it, you know, aficionados of horror films and that kind of thing. We'll be able to envisage much, much worse things happening. So I think that that's probably a good thing. Because what, what age is she now? It's like she's ten, nine, well, nine, she's nine. She's nine. Past nine and a half. She's on the way yeah, to ten, we can say. Nearly ten. So that's a fine age to watch classic cinema, you know, that's probably, what, 50 years old? More than 50 uh, years old Exactly, now. Exactly 60 years old. 60 years old, exactly. So yeah. 
it, it's no, no worse necessarily than watching like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers doing dancing in an old black and white film on a BBC <laughs> Two on a Sunday morning. It's probably more exciting and it's going to captivate her more. And to be honest, Hitchcock is a fantastic director. So she's picking up some good cinematography and she's able to pick up good storyline from that. You know, it's a more intelligent plot than some films have. She's not watching Snow Buddies or Beethoven Second like we watched this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah, it was int- actually, my initial reaction of like, oh my god, is like, actually, why am I reacting like that? Why am I saying, oh my god, it's fine? Yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you or not, but I got Sarah to watch some, I'm sure I mentioned it on here, but I got Sarah to watch some classic films. So I said, you know, there's some films I think you have to see. Yeah. So we watched Alien and Aliens, and then we watched Psycho. Yeah. Now Sarah does not like scary films at all. She hates them, and mm. we put we had Psycho on, and we got to we got to the shower scene, and she looked at me quite sternly and said, "Oh my god, is this Psycho?" And I said, "Yeah, it is." And she said, "I can't <laughs> believe you put this on. I can't believe you put it on." I said, "Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute." I said, "What's happened so far?" And she said, "Well, nothing really." I said, "Right." I said, "There's only, there's only two deaths in the entire movie." I said, you're about to see one of them, which is the most famous one, and then there's one more after that, and neither of them are particularly scary, really. You've just got this preconceived notion in your head of what this film is because of what it's called and what the media's probably told you about it. I said, it's not that. I said, so, you know, just we're going to leave it on, just try and enjoy it. And in the end, she loved it. She said, yeah, it's actually, it's really, really good. It's really, she loved it. She loved it because it was interesting and because it was, it seemed to be tackling an issue that you would not think was a thing in the 60s, talking about, Norman being a transvestite or having sort of a schizophrenic, you know, a schizophrenic disorder or something yeah, like that. She said, I'm really surprised. It, you know, it's really ahead of its time, really ahead of its time. But anyway, yeah. but George, I said to George, so what did you think then? She said, I enjoyed it. I said, did you get scared? She said, the only thing that was scary was the music. So to her yeah. that, you know, the, obviously the classic, wee, 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 that was the, she said, that was the bit that scared me was that music because it was loud. And, and I said, well, that's the point. It's meant to be loud and kind of shocking. And yeah. I knew the true test would be when she went to bed, because that's when, <laughs> when you're a kid, that was it. I mean, that was it for me. When I, I mean, even yeah. now sometimes some of the, some of the Asian horror films I've seen, I'll go to bed and I will hear the house creak for some reason, and I'm like, right, that's it. I'm, I'm fighting to the death here with some supernatural spirit in a minute. I just know it. I know I am. There's nothing I can do. I hope my wife could know that I love them, but this is it. It's on. Yeah, and when you're a kid, it's the same. It's when you know the lights go down and it's dark, and you're lying in bed, and then there's nothing to think about, and your mind starts racing away. But she said the only thing that scared her was the music, and she was fine. No nightmares, no nothing. So I was happy with it. And like you say, it's not. It really isn't that scary. I said to no. Georgia, I said that the idea is, is that you're meant to be more scared of thinking something's going to happen. And at the end, when Marion's sister's walking around the house, Norman's house. Georgia did keep saying to me, is something going to jump out? Is something going to jump out? And I said, no, nothing's exactly. going to jump out, I promise. There's nothing going to jump out, I promise. But I said, what was your favourite bit? And she said, the bit at the end, when it turns around and you find out that it's a skeleton and that she's been yeah. dead the whole time. She said, oh, that's really that's really clever. I was like, okay, all right, there we go. So yeah, I was, it was good. It was a good test. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Psycho actually isn't a horror film. It's it's a crime procedural thriller is what is what it is yeah, it's a thriller it's, it's a thriller exactly. more than a horror exactly and i think because of the 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 themes at the time and what was shown on the screen at the time because that was all quite new and it was that kind of initial wave of 
getting rid of the old ways of cinema and starting new ways of cinema and different stories being told and more serious stories being told that's why it's it's such a big thing and that's why it's developed into those iconic scenes of being in the bathroom you know her screaming and the knife coming through the shower curtain that is so overdone and over-referenced in everything of pop culture it sticks in your head that well this is a scary thing so the whole film must be like that but it isn't it's not like the shining where the shining has about a hundred of those moments that are memorable and are creepy and they happen all the way through that one made me uneasy as a kid watching that one but if you compare, say, Psycho to uh, Woman in Black or Lady in Black, whatever that recent oh, yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is, that was terrifying. Yeah, that is scary. It had that element of thrill and suspense, but also coupled with actual terrifying jump scares and scenes. <laughs> That's yeah. a horror film because it is about the supernatural. It's not about someone with a severe mental illness who acts out on it in a murderous way. Did you know that... I mean, you might know this or not, but do you know that Psycho is based off a real person? I'm assuming yes, you know that. Yes, Yeah. Yes. It's based and off I suppose an that, Ed, that's the scary Ed Gein. Thing. Yeah, and Ed Gein actually is a... Yeah, it's it's very... It mimics Psycho very closely, and that Ed Gein was a guy who was belittled by his mum, completely dominated by his mother, and he couldn't admit to who he was to anybody, and he became a grave robber, and that's where... And that was the idea between uh, that was the idea for Buffalo Bill as well. Part of Buffalo Bill was based yeah. on Ed Gein of Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs, and Ed Gein would go out grave robbing and wanted to create a woman dress, and he would make things out of human skin and stuff like that, which yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't even. And uh, interestingly, Ed Gein did have the same. His mum's, but his house was a complete shithole, and there was stuff yeah. everywhere. It was an absolute disaster area but his mum's bedroom was kept completely completely pristine and it was exactly the same way as when she after she died it was never touched and never gone into again which is interesting but i can't imagine being in the 1950s especially being like an officer going into that house and seeing skin suits on the wall to be like what is this well that's it i can't even imagine kind of desensitized to that kind of thing by no the, the free available information to you, either through the internet, yeah, yeah. through the media, and and the the information sharing between your force and all the other forces in the country and around the world. Because there is some horrible stuff out there, and you can find it very easily with just a few clicks and desensitise yourself to that kind of stuff if you want to. But yeah, yeah going true. in that, and maybe the worst thing you've seen is, you know, someone who's gotten drunk and killed themselves in a horrific car accident. To walk in and see that, ugh, that that that's <laughs> nightmarish. Dude, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Anyway, there we go. Adam, do you have any yes. baby advice for us? I do, I do. And you know, you know, in the past we've gone quite into the past. We've gone into like the the eighteen hundreds, well into the nineteenth century. Sometimes a little bit earlier. It's a fun time for parenting, shall we say? Exactly. Today, we're going back to medieval times. So oh my god, I expe- yes! I expect you to be putting on some uh, royalty-free 
Dungeons and Dragons like village style music with flutes and lutes going on while while I read uh, this out. So, all right, all right. I'll talk. I'll talk to the editing team. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> okay. According to ye oldy medieval lorry, uh, I, I won't carry on saying that. What the expecting mother ate would influence her child's appearance, and this is according to the distaff gospels of the 15th century so we're all back to the 1400s here so if you ate hare's heads your child would have a hair lip if you ate fish heads your child would have a trout pout or a mouth more turned up and pointed than normal eating soft cheese would make your unborn boy's penis small and in fact, <laughs> eating soft cheese and unpasteurized cheese is on the naughty list of doctors nowadays. So if you're a pregnant woman, don't eat soft cheese or unpasteurized cheese. It's nothing to yes, do with penis size, but more no. to do with like deadly bacteria. So <laughs> this this link between what you eat will be what your child turns into carried on well into the 20th century. So it lasted 600 years. Not to the oh point where God. eating like Philadelphia on a Rive Eater will turn your kid into micro penis boy. But women <laughs> in around 1900 were told to avoid salty or sour foods like pickles to keep their baby from developing a sour disposition. And a face like a smacked ass as well, probably. <laughs> so, so honestly... If, if you are a parent, do watch what you eat, uh, eating, if you are expecting. Don't follow the distaff gospels. If you have hair heads lying around the kitchen, that's fine. Boil them up in a stew. You'll be fine with them. But don't eat soft cheese. No one wants a tiny penis. Does Especially it? Especially if you're having a girl. No, that's true. Yeah. Does it work the other way? So, for example, Ooh. if I found out we were having a boy... I should tell my wife immediately to start eating as much horse meat as possible, yeah, if you know what or, I mean. Or pepperoni. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just down the down the local yeah. Yeoldi supermarket. Can yeah. I get as many phallic um, <laughs> vegetables yeah. as possible, please? Uh, bananas, my wife needs to eat them all carrots. immediately. Yeah, one yeah, of those carrots aubergine. that looks like it's got a little penis and balls hanging off it. <laughs> or one of those <laughs> like those Chinese root vegetables where they put a mould around it. And then send it to the 14 times going, oh, I found a giant penis and balls carrot in, in my farm. Down, so, yeah. at, down at fucking Aldi. Give me the cock and ball carrot immediately. My wife's cock pregnant. I, do, I demand cock carrot. I'm avoiding gherkins, though. So if you've got, like, nice sugary donuts, that'd be good. Or, yeah. like, a big, a big eclair. It'd <laughs> be fine. <laughs> a big eclair. Sake. All right. <laughs> Let's get out of here. There we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Anything else for you, mate? No, all good for me. Hopefully, we'll have Benny back soon. We don't know when his new setup will be set up for him to be able to record. Maybe we'll get him in and do like a, a speakphone conversation with him next week if he's uh, able to do so. Obviously, it depends what his daughter's doing. She's the new boss of Benny, so she might not want to let him out at that time. We'll see. There we go, everyone. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. See you later.